You know I love a high-low moment. From the heart of New York City. Morning, people. It's Morning People with Preston Conrad. Yep, into it. And it all starts right now. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Morning People. I'm coming to you, I was going to say live, but we're not live. <laughs> I'm coming to you from sunny Los Angeles. Right now, we're actually in Burbank, to be exact. But I have a very special guest with me, my best friend in the world, my pop culture partner in crime, Mia Hopke. Hi. 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 How's it going? I say, how's it going? Like we haven't been together all day and just like decided to walk in here and record the podcast. Yeah. I mean, like I would prefer if you just moved in with me and never left, We're that just would be great, but pounding yeah. our third venti coffee of the day. Yeah. So a little tweaky, but I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs> a little tweaky guys, Mia, I'm sure if you follow me on the Instagrams and the social, you've seen Mia Hopke tagged 455 million times. Those beautiful little kids that I'm always with, those are her children. Um, I'm like their gay God fairy uncle. Um, and I'm always with them and we are coming to you from Mia's house. So not only is Mia, my best friend, she is the global head of entertainment, uh, sales for a massive streaming service that you may or may not be listening to this podcast on right now, but me tell, okay. So dive in, let's tell everybody how we met first, because I feel like people this is my favorite always story. write me on Instagram. How did you meet so-and-so? I want to be friends. Let's meet, you know, people want to meet up in real life. Cause on Instagram, you feel like, you know, everybody, Yeah. but you really have, now that I'm old and cranky, I really only have like four friends. I have and, like you and two friends. Exactly. And so why don't you go through of how we actually met? Okay. This is the best story. So, okay. We're, we're 35 now. Yeah. So I'm no, I'm 36. Ben. I know. <laughs> yeah. You I'm going to I'm going to be that's cuz I have a lot of botox and I spend a lot of money on skincare. Yes, Annie. Yes, Annie. Um, okay, so we were 18 years old. Oh my god. And it was August of 2002. And That was like Kelly Clarkson um winning America. No, 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 not yet. That year, like freshman she year. She won that Idol happened. that year. Yeah, that yeah. was that was later on. Okay. No, that was like when we solidified like the foreverness. Yes. Um, okay, so we went to a small but very prestigious performing arts college. Small. Um yeah, it was small. And there was this show, it was called the New Student Review. And it was like the first week of school during orientation. It was like something to do, a way to go like meet people. And so I knew nobody and I was like, I'm going to go and I'm going to audition for the show. And, and we say audition, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. so we went to a school that was, we went to Emerson in Boston and half of the school, would you say it was like half was musical theater performance based, yeah. you know, all of our friends were always auditioning for things. Me and I majored in other things and we'll talk about what you actually majored in, Yeah, but we have it deep in our blood. It runs deep that we're performers at heart. 100. So we were like, we're not going to commit to it via major, but we are going to perform in this show. Yeah. Like I, I wanted to like, just like check out like who, who is actually committing to this in life and also just and like show my we talents. Were. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You were. know, like get a solo, open the show, close mm -hmm. it, whatever. Um, so I go to audition for this show and, uh, I remember distinctly that to your point, there were a lot of people that studied theater and acting and, and musical theater was actually a major there, which is crazy. Um, but when, when you would go into this audition, you had one color paper. If you were in the theater program it was like your audition sheet. And it was oh another God, color. If it this. wasn't, I think it was like, it was pink if you were, which makes sense. Uh, and it was blue if you weren't. And so 
I had a blue paper. Literally everybody there had a pink paper. And then like I saw one other like blue paper in the distance and you were holding it. That was it. mine. Okay. So like you were my blue paper. Um, and so we met in line at the audition for the new student review. And we were both cast in the show. I remember I opened the show. Yeah. With that from, uh, I really need this job from Chorus Line. Oh my God. Do you remember that? I really that? need, need this, this job. job. Do you remember okay. that? Yes. I was wearing Wait, that red said... shirt and I had to wear like black trousers. Like if I worked at like Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> like a black slack. <laughs> Don't talk about Cheesecake Factory. I'm no, it's so good. Um, Wait, what did I sing the song? Um, it was like, dun, let's dun, raise dun, the roof. Dun, dun, dun. For, I don't remember what the musical was because I'd never heard it. You before. basically, I opened the show and you basically closed the show. Something like that. Which was meant that it, it, it was. They just we they had to, to make be. the sandwich. Yeah. We were meant to be. Yeah. yeah. So that's where we first met. Yeah. So we that's how we met. Instantly and, best friends. And then we re- figured out that we lived on the same floor of the same building and our suites were like two doors down from each other. We've and, been through hair colors, boyfriends. Oh my god! Um, every- I have, if anybody wants to see good pictures of Preston, go on the throwback highlight on my Instagram, and there are some okay, of what the your, most. What is your insane, Instagram? It's just Mia Hopke. Mia Hopke. Mia Hopke. It's M I A Hopke. H O P K E Y. Everybody, you can get some deep diving into. There are so many good photos of like fat Preston. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was a chunker. <laughs> I was a chunker, but when I came out, then I realized I was like, wait, Two maybe I should. popped. Well, I talked about this on one of the episodes because when I worked uh-huh. at Blockbuster, yeah, I like to move. layer my polo shirts and give a little flair. That was a whole move. It was like if I had to wear a navy blue polo, I would give you a pop of hot pink under it. That was very like of the era. Like Abercrombie was like such a puka thing. Puka shell necklaces, oh frosted tips. That, but that like puka shell thing is kind of coming back right now. It's all back. Wait, so speaking of back, how about so yesterday we – I'm in LA, guys, because I had um, – a big client install. There's this big, I'm sure you guys know it because you're of the moment. There's this big event called BeautyCon. I've gone every year for the last three years. This you, is the first year I didn't go. I didn't go either because I've kind of hit my saturation level with it. <laughs> I'm but, maxed yeah, out. Yeah, I'm maxed out. But so I was here, Maggie and I, Maggie is my partner at Kennett Creative, my company. We were installing a big booth for one of our brands. Um, so that's why I'm in LA. So when I wrapped that yesterday, drove over here to Mia's, and we decided to go shopping on Melrose. Well, after we went to Target and blacked out at Target, which is what we do. We went to Target twice yesterday, to be honest. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, wait. I would have gone a third time. 100. 100%. We're going after this. We have to get a we're, lunchbox. We're closing this episode in like five minutes. Going to Target. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, and a unicorn thermos for, 100. for Missy. Okay, mm-hmm. so we're like, let's go shopping on Melrose. So speaking of feeling old and what's new again. Oh my God. We were, so I don't know if you guys have been shopping. If For those of you that live in LA, I'm sure you're aware of it. For those of you that don't live in LA, I'm sure you've heard about it in Clueless. <laughs> um, shopping on Melrose, Melrose um, Avenue. Is it Avenue? Melrose it's Avenue. It's just Melrose. Yeah, it's just Melrose. Is a stretch of shopping in West Hollywood that has, and back in the day, it was kind of like street and punk. I have to clear my throat. Don't kill me. Yeah, go away. Are you clear? Yeah, it's all that cheese. I just <laughs> guys, we just made nachos. <laughs> we made nachos. We're like, let's sit down and have some nachos and report the, record the podcast. Now I'm just staring at them because I can't eat <laughs> we them. We didn't finish them. I can't eat them while I'm hosting this podcast. But anyway, we're shopping on Melrose, guys, and we. It, it was this punk kind of like must see spot back in the '90s, '80s, '90s, early 2000s, and it still is. But if you want to see what the kids are wearing, go to Melrose. We've never felt older. Everything was like very neon, um, a ton of like snake skin and all of these really see-through. great, like, so PVC. much see-through. Those pants that were just like 
looked like tape, but well, there was, was no like pant there. <laughs> it was a belt with string. <laughs> it was, but it was like so cool. It was, I had this moment of like, okay, if I wasn't like somebody's mom two, two times over, I would like do that. I would like go to Vegas and like wear we, that. We like, did that back in the day. Mia and I used to live together. When I lived in LA full-time, I, so I lived in New York, moved to LA briefly full-time, and then came back to New York. When I lo- moved to LA the first time, I lived with Mia in West Hollywood, right off Melrose. We drove past our old apartment We yesterday. drove past our old apartment. We paid such a, what was like well under $2,000 for a two-bedroom in a the nickel. heart of West Hollywood. Yeah. We raged. Oh my God. Those were the days. But um, guys, we felt so old, but it was so nice to go down there and trend spot, see what the people are wearing. A lot of tie-dye, which I'm sure you're all into. I'm wearing my tie-dye right now. You're wearing your tie-dye right now. Um, a lot of PVC. It was just fun. It I would encourage fun. you guys to go to all these shops when you're down in LA next. But you know what? You say like, and I agree with you, like, yes, we, we reached, we had like literally the time of our lives, but I wouldn't trade that for now. Like no, I now prefer my twice a day target trips. Hello. Going I go to, to bed, bed at nine o'clock. Yeah, I was going to say, I go to bed at nine 30. I wake up at five. That's I do like my thing. I go work out. Heavenly. Well, I'm trying to figure out the workout thing after we'll this devastating soul cycle equinox news. It's tough guys. Yeah, but you know what? All it's, the gays uh, are going into the fitness protection program <laughs> because no one knows what to do. It's so sad. I feel like you could do a whole deep dive. On I will. That. I'm yeah. not going to get into it now because it upsets me too much. But yeah. um, I would not trade that time for now. Now is no. like I feel like mid 30s into late 30s is peak peak us. Yeah. So it's only downhill from from here. Speaking of peak us, I want you to kind of dive in. So I've had some other, I'm sure you've listened to the episodes in the podcast. 100. A lot of them have been me talking about um, what I do, (laughs) how people can do what I do, any life advice that I have. I recently had a makeup artist on who yeah, I loved that. did Drag Race and, you know. The Delia's catalog. The Delia's catalog. How good was that? Okay. Like the actual Bible when I was 12 years old, the Delia's catalog. How badly did you want to be a Delia's girl? Yeah, except I told you this the other day. I saw an ad for Jenko's on my Instagram the other day and I was like, I can't believe Jenko's Well, Jenko's that goes back. back to everything's back again. Everything's back again. It's cyclical. Yeah. So speaking of people that I've had on the podcast, I thought you would be interesting because you're not like all of us in the fact that you don't work a freelance consulting life. Like yeah. you're a corporate boss bitch. Yeah, I'm Jane corporate. I'm Jane corporate. So I want you to dive. I know because we kind of touched on what you went to school for, what you love to do. And I think it's a little different than what you do now. Yeah. And a lot of people that follow me on the interwebs are younger. They are looking to make their next step. Yeah. Maybe they are in school and they're ready to do something else. Briefly touch on what you studied mm-hmm. and then dive into what you do now. Cause first of all, you guys would die for Mia's job. It is so without <laughs> divulging where exactly you work, it's pretty baller. You travel the world, you work with some of the biggest entertainment brands in the world. Yeah. Give me the elevator pitch. Okay. Um, well, before that, I'll, I'll run a second. So, like we said, I went to Emerson. I studied broadcast journalism. Um, because with the hopes I, of what? <clears throat> I don't know, honestly. I think that it's like so fucked up that at 18 years old, they say to you, like, you need to pick what you want to do for the rest of your life and you need to stick with it because it costs twenty, thirty thousand dollars a year to to study this, right? So like mm-hmm. I went to Emerson because I didn't get into NYU. Which ended up being the best Wait, thing. You know, that's why I went to Emerson too. Yeah, but it's all NYU. I, I didn't get into NYU. Yeah, hundred percent. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go to a field in Iowa somewhere. Like, I I need to stay in this city. I was so. in a field and I was ready to. go. <laughs> I like needed to like break free. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I had to just stop myself right now from singing High School Musical when you said that. But anyway, um, so I I studied broadcast journalism with the hopes of just figuring out what it was that was going to 
get me up in the morning. And I felt like it was like performance adjacent, right? I was going to say, because you and I connected early on from the fact that we like to perform in any kind of capacity, whether yeah. it was vocally like this or singing, or maybe it was acting. Or- and I've realized now that what it really is for me is about storytelling. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I, I studied broadcasting and I actually ended up being really um, very happy, not in front of a camera, but behind a microphone. So I was working in our college radio station newsroom and I eventually ended up in front of the microphone doing like news reports. And Wait, I forgot about that. Our w- college I- radio station was like a really big deal. You could hear it in four states. WERS was like, it, it's a big It's still WERS, deal. right? Yeah, 88.9 WERS. And the music was good. The music was great and the music still is great. Like it's such, it, if you live in the Boston area and you have not, put on WERS, you're missing out. And it's, it's a great station. So I was, I was working there while I was going to class and excuse me. And within like six months, I was running the radio station and I just felt like I really love this because it allows me to come and tell stories and, and play music and be in this kind of community environment, which I was so used to from being in theater. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to worry about what I looked like when I showed up, which is a joke because I'm actually so addicted to glam and like, I know exactly, (laughs) but it's really hard to like, when you work in morning news, right. Okay. Like your today show girls that they're at four o'clock in the morning doing their makeup. I know. Like when I go on the today show as a guest on like the eight o'clock hour, I have to be there at four. Yeah. And I just felt like this was radio versus television was an industry where I could be judged on my talents solely Mm -hmm. versus what I looked like. And, and now everybody's probably going like, oh my God, she's a leper. I need to go like check her. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody stalk me on Instagram right no. now. Um, it's not my real face anyway. It's all face no, Um <laughs> <laughs> Guys, wait, we were deep yesterday speaking of face and we went to this wig store in, <gasps> in Hollywood because Mia's like, talk about being a drag queen. Wanted to buy some new wig. like hair things or whatever. I don't know. So we started trying on wigs. Then we got home with the photos of the wig. We got on that crazy Russian hacker app, face app, and we gave me a 58 <laughs> new faces and a wig. And we're so obsessed with it. It's art. It's art. We're artists. It's digital art. And okay. we will, yes, we will express ourselves as we see fit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So I, I ended up working in radio, which I really, really loved. And then I came to Los Angeles. I worked at radio stations here, but I wasn't working in sales. What I do now is sales. I work in sales strategy. Um, and it's a tough life working in sales. You have to be somebody who is comfortable with having that goal, that target, that number sitting on your shoulder. You know, that's what keeps you up at night is, mm-hmm. am I going to hit my goal? Um, but at the same time, it makes it really easy to know Am I doing my job? Am I staying focused? Because you have a, you have a. You're not um, going to get paid if you, you don't. Well, you have a measure mark to measure exactly. against. Where exactly. Which is in my world. It's very difficult. I don't. Yeah. You know, it's like what I do is so objective. It's like, does she look pretty? Does the model look great? Does the photo shoot yeah. look good? I don't know. Some people might say it doesn't. I think it does. And opinions are like assholes. Everybody's Everybody has got one. one. Exactly. Where in your business, it's fun because for you as a kind of as a creative being, yeah. you still have this like measure marker. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, you know, I tried a lot of things in the radio industry. Um, you know, I, I worked in promotions. I worked at a huge radio conglomerate when they were first launching like their online presence. And so like mm-hmm. helping run the the radio stations websites and, and their social media and all that kind of stuff. And it was really fun. That was fun. the one off of all of that. Yeah. 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 Okay. And, um, and what I discovered was that I love money. I love it. Yeah. I love having it. I love spending it. And Especially I'm actually someone else's too. Yeah, 100%. I mean, um, but I'm just, I'm really motivated by 
money, mm-hmm. right? I think identifying what motivates you early on. And if you do work in the corporate world, having a manager who has the the know-it-all to ask you what motivates you, because that when you know inside what like gets you up in the morning, like what makes you feel like you're doing good. What's what, that quote? That's like doing what you love. You'd never work a day in your life. Yes. Type thing. Yes. But I'm I I'll also on the flip side, right? I have always been really hesitant to turn things that I'm really super passionate about into work because I don't want to ruin my passions. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. It's interesting because in the world that I work in, yeah, um, as what whatever maybe it's influencer, um, creative, fashion. That's my end all. It's my life. When yeah. I go to bed, get up, personal, private, commercial, commerce, whatever. It's hard, and your lines you are start really to, blurred. Some days it's, you're yeah. like, I hate everything, and it's because your work is your personal, and your personal is your work. Yeah. So you can't just hate work because what you're doing is your life, which is nice for you because you've been able to separate it. And and it's and it's interesting because um, the company that I work at that are a lot there are a lot of really young people there, and I was one of the first. It's so people. I've been to your office. It's so <laughs> hysterical. It's like it's going beyond to- millennial. It's Gen Z, right? Like we have people in the office who I. Um, Oh God, what was the thing that I said to Lexi the other day? And and she said, who is that? And I said, oh, Kato Kalin. I referenced Kato Kalin and a coworker of mine said, who is that? And I literally just said like, You're like I'm going to leave get now. the fuck out of my face. <laughs> like I can't like, bye. 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 Like the, the people in the office are really young. And I think that there's like I, bean bags and foosball tables. Yeah, 100% and stuff. like free lunch and like all those things. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's really important, even when you do work in a corporate space to bring a piece of your personal life into the office, right? You always want to show up with your best foot forward. You always want to bring as much positivity and excitement and encouragement to the workplace as mm-hmm. possible. But I also bring a part of my personal life, right? I take my kids with me into work and around the holidays, like we'll go to my clients' offices and participate in any of their fundraisers, whether they're doing like food drives or clothing drives. Like I like to bring my kids into that. Um, you know, I, I, I talk to people about where if I'm not in the office and I'm, you know, running around somewhere and I'm, you know, not mm-hmm. on a plane traveling, because it's a like, lot of I, your... I have to go get my kids. I have to go, you know, do something for my house. Like, I think it's important to show transparency and bring a piece of your personal life into the office again in a positive way. I'm not talking about like bitching about your boyfriend or like your girlfriend who got you drunk over in the a weekend. way that it makes you feel like a valued community member. Yes. And, and it shows people uh, it I, for me, it's about balance. Well, so that's what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask you because so you are a mom of two, two yeah. young girls. One is sleeping right now and one is out back having swim lessons with um, six foot tall blonde Brittany, the swim teacher. Yeah, my husband's out there She's with her. I'm so like, have cute. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So as a mom of two um, who owns her own house, has great cars, has hustled her entire life to have these jobs. Yeah. Because a lot of women in my age now are in the space you're in. They're having kids. Maybe they're on their second and they're hitting that weird place where they're like, it's kind of like the age old question. It's like, how does she do it? How does she do it all? It's kind of like, let's break it down just quickly. How, because we'll go to break in a few minutes, but how do you do it? And would you stop working? So uh, the first thing I'm going to say is, and I love you so much, but that's a sexist question because nobody asks a man, how does he do it all? Right. Um, but a hundred percent. Yes. Oh no, no. I'm just, yeah. But people will say, yes, he's so great at what. Yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody is wondering how a man is balancing his home life and his, you know, whatever. Um, so so it's that, you know, first and foremost in and of itself is just one of those questions. And the answer is I'm not, I'm not doing it all. I'm not balancing. Uh, you know, we're all just like, holding it together. First and foremost, I have the most incredible partner. Yeah. Um, 
uh, since day one, it's always been 50, 50, even field. more so 100, 100, yeah. right? Um, you know, it, he works close to home. He doesn't have to travel for work. And he is he's very high up at his job too, right? I mean, he's running the entire finance office of, right. a, of a major company. Um, but I have a partner mm-hmm. who his is so leaned into parenthood as much as he is leaned into his career. So we're on the same page when it comes to that. And, and you know, JR, right? He, yeah, we I couldn't mean, be more different about so many things, but I think that at the core, what it comes down to is that we are as leaned into our careers and our family equally. And, and you like being leaned in your career while being a mom. Yes. A hundred percent. Because I think I I'm, ran back to work. My company gives us six months maternity leave which, at three way, months. I was like, bye-bye. Bye. I'm going, I can't, if I spend one more day walking around target with a newborn, I'm going to lose it. I had to go back. Because I love the, what I do. Well, and at the end of the day, and this is why I'm attracted to people like you and why people in our orbit are similar. Yeah. At the end of the day, hustle is hustle, right? Yeah. You like to hustle. I like to hustle. They're very different paths, but you, it makes you tick. Yeah. I, um, I really love my, I love my work. Uh, I love my company. I love the brands that I get to work with. I'm so, so, so lucky, um, to do what I do and to get to, to travel, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and be a part of the movement that is happening in, in the streaming industry right now. Um, I I'm so lucky. I, every day I wake up and I go like, what did I do to deserve this? I mean, you get to like, I'll talk with me on the phone and she's throwing out names like Disney and Netflix. I mean, you get to work with the best of the best. It's so cool. Um, We're going to go to a quick break, but when I come back, I want to talk about, we're in LA. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about LA versus New York and quickly touch on Instagram, but let's go to a quick break. So after After these these messages, messages, we'll we'll be right back. Okay, guys, I am going to let you in on a little secret on how I launched my podcast. It is all about Anchor. Anchor is a free podcasting platform packed with creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for free so it can be heard on all your favorite platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts to many, many more. Guys, you can also make money right from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We are back, everybody. So as I said before the break, we're sitting here in sunny LA. Whenever I'm here, I'm just like, God, why don't we live here full time? Yeah, I wonder that too. <laughs> we, because <laughs> you guys, I was here. Um, we had a place in LA until what, last summer? Yeah, but I'm not interested in you going and getting your own place. I want you guys to just move into my <laughs> to house move with in. me. Well, I know. We could just like, well, so what, what we need to do is she needs yeah. to die. Bye-bye. <laughs> She, the na- we have, we're, I'm pointing to the neighbor's my house. sweet, sweet neighbor, okay? She's 10,000 years old. Also, she's a little rude to me. Yeah, she's not the nicest. She's not And nice. she does have the plot of land next to you that I could literally gut that house, uh-huh. flip it, move in, put in a pool, and everything would be great. And then we just, like, break the, like, the, the gate. Get rid of the gate yeah, and the side. Bye. Remember, like, in Big Love? Do you remember that show, Big Love, that was on HBO, like, 10,000 years ago? Oh, my God. It was the best show. If you want to go, like, deep dark on a show that, if you need a show that has six seasons, go and find Big Love. I'll watch Love. Sex and the City again. <laughs> <laughs> Big okay. Love. Wasn't that Big Love, like, heavy? No, yes and no. Okay, but they had, the whole purpose of this is they had, it was the dad, the husband, and then he had like the three wives, and um, they had this big house in Utah where this it looked like, like three Mormon separate- storyline? Like, yeah, it's a total Mormon storyline. Yes. Um, And they had a shared backyard. So from the front, it looked like three different homes, That's but then us. in the back, it was like one big backyard. When we kill her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen to well, us. You know what? We're not going to need to do it. She's no, going to she's going to look. I, God bless her. And she's, she has been kind of nice. She's lived a long life. 
a long, beautiful, wonderful So let's life. just just keep me posted. When yeah. things happen, then I'll, totally. I'll snag up the place. Uh-huh. So we're in LA. It's amazing. I'm sure the guests have been able to hear, hopefully, a little twinge in your voice that you're born and raised New Yorker. Oh, yeah. We well, you know, I took a class at Emerson to get rid of my accent. We both took classes. Yeah. Remember how now, brown cow? Oh, my God. We took these dictation classes because I went to school for marketing communications, but I always wanted to do television. So I took the TV classes, and you obviously took it for radio. Yeah. So you've lost a little bit of your accent, but so you're from New York, and it's funny to me because so many New Yorkers, like they've made jokes about this on every television show, yeah. hate L.A. You would never move back to New York and tell me why. Yeah. I, so it's so funny because I, anybody who is listening to this, who's from New York, I just want to clarify. I'm from Long Island, uh, <laughs> which is like a tiny little planet next to New York. <laughs> but I mean, with amazing bagels. Oh, the best bagels, the best Italian food. Mm-hmm. I, I, I loved growing up on Long Island. Like I didn't think that Where there was about? a world you were outside on of which that. County? Nassau, like North Shore, Suffolk? Nassau County. Yeah. yeah okay. So like 25, 30 minutes out of the city. Um, and I loved growing up in New York and then going to Boston and being exposed to another city was really wonderful too. But it just solidified in my head that I fucking hate the cold you in the hate winter. It. I, I remember. cannot with the winter like that. It just, it's not for me. But it's so weird because it's all like for me. I it's remember, what I know. I remember the moment that I said, I'm fucking leaving and I'm never coming back. We were, I was at the All Cross at Boylston and Tremont and I fucking wiped out in the <laughs> middle of the street. Okay. Like it was literally like, you know, when you can all cross yeah. at the same time and like everybody's going through like as a big X, it's like fucking Shibuya. Yeah. And like I'm walking across <laughs> and it's like a big gust of wind and like whoosh on You're my like, ass. This is in and college. I literally, this is in college. Yeah. And I literally like, as I'm pulling myself up from like the most embarrassing 10 seconds where like everybody's like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm just like, I'm leaving and I'm never coming back to the cold. Did like, you know I'm, you wanted to come to LA yeah. though? Well, so Emerson had this LA program and I said, well, I'm going to try that. And That's I went right. and That's I came out here hooked. and I moved to LA in January of 2005. No. Yes. Yeah. No. 2006. Because we graduated in 06 and I, I, it was like the last semester out here. Okay. So January of I can't, whatever. It's the same year. It was the end of school. And it was the end of school. And I left like what was a snowstorm in Boston and moved to LA. And it was like January and 70 degrees. And I was like, yeah. But you hadn't been here before. I came like once on a teen tour. Right. You know, which like. One of those kind of. yeah, but You know, one of those like Jewish kids travel the country Uh thing. Teen tour. Um, I can't. I can't. And it was like fine. But like we did LA like the cheesy, like, you know, Hollywood Hollywood Walk of Fame and and, like ride the tour bus Mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, That's where like Michael Jackson lived. Like, so that kind of thing. When I came back and I started like living here and, and working here. Um, I just, I I felt like it actually took me down a level. Like I, I just calmed down a little bit. And sometimes I have these moments where I'm like, oh my God, everybody here is so fucking slow. I mean, you know my issue with the Starbucks. No, I can't. That's now my issue as well. Because when I go to New York, it's like too sweet. You guys, when we go into Starbucks in New York, you can walk in asleep. The thing shoots out the other end. You don't have to talk to anybody. There's no bullshit here. It's like, hey, man, how are you? How you doing? <laughs> so that cold brew, did you want that in a sleeve or could I get I'm like, enough of you. Let's just get this going. But see, here's the thing, okay? Is but that I do miss. Sometimes it's nice to me when I when they talk to me here. I and it's so funny to me that you say that, right? Because but I guess that's the thing. You're very like, but go, go, go. Like, I'm like that, too. But I you have an old soul that likes the... I could talk to a wall. 
I love talking well, to strangers. I have to stop myself sometimes in an elevator from like talking to the person there. And it's so wild. Like you go and you see people like everybody's just sitting on their cell phones and nobody's talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And it blows my mind that that's like what this world has become. Cause I, not that I need any friends. Like I'm not interested in any like new real friends that I have to like dedicate parts of my life to, but like no, just like old. a small I'm too talk. old for new friends. I, I love small talk. Have you noticed though, speaking of people on their phone, I've noticed this though. So not necessarily if, if any of my team is listening to this, it's not about you guys, but the younger <laughs> generation of people, um, particularly who write me and want to work with me or do what I have a hard time. And I feel like other people do finding people of the younger generation who are not on their phone all the time and will just put their phone away and work. It stresses me out. I don't know if you have younger people at your office that yeah. are like that, but do you notice that at all? Or is it my crazy? Is it more like in the fashion world, it's kind of relaxed. So maybe that's why they feel so inclined to be on their Instagram all day long. Yeah. I mean, this is what I will say. The people in my office, um, you know, the, the people that are younger than me in my office, they, they work so hard. They are nonstop from the second that they get into the second that they leave. They, they work so, 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 so hard. Um, but it's when I have these moments of like, Oh, I'm going to go downstairs and like grab a coffee. And then I just see people like two girlfriends, like sitting next to each other at a table at lunch and they're not even talking to each other. They're just just on their cell phone or like they're waiting for their salads to come out. And then instead of like talking to each other, like, Mm -hmm. why did you take the break together? Right. If you just want to look at your phone. Why didn't you just go by yourself? Yeah. So that I think is, is really interesting to me, but I do feel like LA, I love that people talk to you. My favorite thing about LA and it's, you know, I'm Jewish. I grew up on Long Island. I love a good bagel. Um, but you know, my mother married an Italian. And so now we've got this big, like Italian family. Mm-hmm. And I just, I live for like pizza and pasta and like, carbicidal maniac. Like I love, we are love, carbicidal love maniacs. maniacs. Okay. I love, by Italian the way, food. let's just tell everybody that during the commercial break, we finished the nachos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dairy okay, and no, carbicidal maniac. This is maniac. so passive aggressive of you. There's one chip left. I said to you, I go finish it. I broke that chip into three pieces and ate one of them. And left you two pieces. Okay. Well, Parker comes out here. She's going to eat the rest <laughs> okay, of them. Okay, fine. Okay. So, yeah. Wait. <laughs> Mia's daughter, um, I think, has the same carbicidal tendencies that we do because, like, we'll be eating and she'll be like, hash browns. Like, whisper it into our ears just as, like, subliminal messaging. Cookies. Cookies. She's two, by the way. It's just turned into ASMR. Okay. Yeah. Full, wait. I could run a whole episode of just ASMR. <laughs> So wait, so you think it's healthier here, obviously? Yes, it's okay. With the exception of bagels and pizza, it is so easy to eat healthy anywhere cheaply in Los Angeles. And I know you don't eat 100%. sushi, but the best sushi in Los Angeles, if you are like, oh, where should I get sushi? And you're like looking for somewhere fancy, you're making the wrong decision. If it's not in a strip mall next to a pet store, you're at the wrong sushi spot. Okay. Where, meanwhile, if you did that in New York, you'd be in the hospital for two days. 100. And be questioning your life. 100. It's, I just, I love the food here. Not that I'm like one of those super active people, but I do love that you can go to Fryman, go to Runyon, go to like Santa Monica, do the those stairs, are, like uh, outdoor, outdoor like hikes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just... I I feel like Los Angeles is who I really am inside. Well, you grew up, if you think about it, right? Yeah. Long Island is a big suburb. Yeah. And LA is just a big ass suburb. 100. I mean, because I, I spent my week this week in downtown LA, which yeah. 
is interesting to me. Like as a moment, I don't think I'd want to live downtown LA, but I think you gravitate towards the fact that there, yes, there are strip malls and yes, there are big targets yeah. and yes, there are, which that's start. you know, I'm starting to like, cause I'm just getting old and tired in New York. And yeah. it's like, I don't want to go to a target where that's like five floors. You have to take an elevator and there's like a raw onion on the floor in the aisle. And it's just like, a dump. I have friends that live in New York city with one kid, two kids. And yeah, I'm just like, how do you do it? Yeah. It's it's hard. You know, all my girlfriends that have kids in the city. It's like, how tough. do you record a podcast in the playroom? Oh, you don't have one. Oh yeah, playroom. <laughs> yeah, that's called like the master bedroom in New York. Yeah, playroom. Exactly. Okay, so you're you don't see yourself moving back to New York, obviously, anytime. No, I don't. I mean, look, I would love to stay in Los Angeles for as long as I can. I I and love the kids. They're always tan. also. You know, you need to. <laughs> <laughs> they always get to swim. I mean, how fun. But also, like, my job is in the entertainment industry, right? So, like, as Valid. long as I'm going to be working, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be in Hollywood. My clients are here. My company. I mean, my company is all over the world. But um, I'm I'm very much like a, we have roots down here in Los Angeles and Hollywood. Um, that doesn't mean that like, you know, one day when I retire, I wouldn't go somewhere else. I always joke with JR, like, let's go to Colorado. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to like Boulder or Denver. I just, I have a the client in air uh, Boulder. There it's so is, pretty. Is like closer to heaven. Like it's, it's just unreal. Like you breathe the air and you're just like, I don't like, I haven't breathed air like this in well, so long. That's because we're also just like masochists that live on the coast and yeah. deal with like crazy people and environments all the time. Yeah. Um, but you know my feel. I, for me, I want to live in both cities. I love both. My business is in New York, but I obviously have a huge business here. You know what else I can't with New York? What? Public transit. Well, I know. You're, so, you but can't for me, public. but that's but, more about being a claustrophobe. I can't. When I'm in London and I go into the tube and I'm like at Piccadilly and I'm going down like what feels like a three minute um, escalator ride. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, now go down another one. And I'm just like, I'm in the center of the earth. Like I, one earthquake, 200%. boom, gone. Yeah. Well, there's no earthquakes in London. Yeah, but there I'm an Angelino now. Yeah. So I just live in fear of earthquakes. <laughs> I mean, um, how about your kid like ducked and hid under something the other I day? I was like, I didn't know to be proud of her or like to be sad, but you know what? It's proud. good that she, yeah, that she knows what to do in an earthquake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do. I love LA. LA is for me. Wait, speaking of LA, um, I feel like we always get the best Instagram content when I'm here because I, my filter <laughs> packs work so much better when it's like sunny and nice out. I want to quickly dive into Instagram yeah. because you work for a streaming media company, yep. um, audio, podcast, all that kind of stuff. But you, I, I would say you're like a secret influencer, even though you're not. So <laughs> you have what like is a it? thousand like, followers. What's smaller than like a micro nano. You're one of those. I'm like a, a molecular fluencer. You're a molecular fluencer. And I want to know your thoughts because, you know, obviously you take a lot of my pictures for me while I'm here. Yeah. Give me your like current state of affairs with Instagram. Okay. So I actually, there's a podcast that I was just listening to the other day uh, called Recovering from Reality. What's that? It's Who's... with this uh, woman, Alexis Haynes. So I don't remember if anybody remembers the show um, Pretty Wild mm-hmm. uh, on, I think it was like E or something. Um, it was Alexis Nyer. She was part of the Bling Ring. Yep. She actually like runs this recovery center now. She's like sober eight years she's got two kids and she's got this great podcast i would classify it as like a mental health wellness kind of um you know self uh, betterment vibe and she was talking about this the other day and she said you know i have stopped spending time on instagram uh on people's feeds that don't fill me up and i was like you know what I'm going to do a clean sweep and i went into my instagram and purge. i deleted i purged I just took out so many and it's hard because it's like, I love fashion. I love trend. I love seeing things that look pretty, but I, it's like, it's all the same. And it's so, some of it feels so vapid. And I just, I wanted, when I go into Instagram, I want to feel good, 
good and I want to feel inspired. And so I think I cleaned out probably like 75, maybe a hundred accounts. accounts that I was following. I mean, here's a lot of the like thing. reality stars that I was following. I had well, to get I mean, rid you of. Get, it's and, kind of like hoarding, right? You get throughout your time, you hoard things that you don't need I'm and you don't want to get rid of them. And as a creature of habit, you yeah. just keep passing by them just like you keep passing by on the feed. Yeah. But for someone like me who's living in it, you know, there's all this noise right now about removing likes and they've tested it in, I think it's being tested in Canada right now. It's yeah. being tested in, I think, Australia. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm here for it because yes, my, a lot of my business is based on likes, right? So when yeah. companies pay me, when I do a partnership, it's obviously to help the brand um, gain traction and visibility. And obviously they want to see my engagement and the likes that that post receives. Yeah. So I would still turn over that information to the brands, but I'm a pretty confident guy. I feel really shitty some days because I'm a creator at heart, right? I'm come from the creative world. I come from the brand world. So I'll post something I think is pretty and it doesn't get the quote engagement that it's supposed to. And it drives me emotionally insane. Yeah. Why aren't you liking it? Do I look fat? Is this a stupid picture? My legs look crooked in this picture. Oh my God, why would anyone want to see what I'm eating? And I'm a confident 36. Why do I give a shit? But it's starting to get to me in a way where now, remember yesterday, you're like, oh, do we have to take a picture? And I'm like, I'm not posting today. I know. I was actually really proud of you when you said that because, because I feel, I feel like, this pr yeah. I, for until maybe this year, I felt this insane pressure to yeah. post. And my I'm trying to bring it back to, I'm going to post what makes me happy when I want to post what time, what city, and that's what it is. Yeah. And I'm here for the likes because I, I val I'm being validated. I'm, I got sucked into the trap is what I'm saying. I got sucked into the trap. I'm validating myself based on likes. And I think I need to do a, cl a cleanse like you did. Yeah. So I, the cleanse has been really great. I, I, what I've realized is that I think there was only one or two people that after the fact I went, well, how come I haven't seen them in my feed? And I'm like, oh, right. Cause you deleted them. Right. Mm -hmm. So you, like, I don't, I don't, you missed. yeah, that I, out of the, out of the maybe a hundred people and brands that I unfollowed. Um, there were only two people that I was like, wait, where are they? And then I went back and I was like, oh, okay, you missed this. Bring it back in. Mm -hmm. Bring it back in. Um, I think that it's, it's hard because like, I really, you know, I'm in, in a totally different space than you. I don't, Instagram isn't like part of, um, my brand or a way that I, you know, bring in revenue for myself and my family. Right. Um, and, uh, it's, it's all fun for me, but I will like my Instagram headline is like, these are the photos of like the best parts of my life or something like that. Right. right. Like I mean, I'm it's not, your highlight reel. Yeah. I'm not putting pictures on there of like when my kids are being like demons, right? <laughs> like, no, I'm putting like the post picture of like them eating ice cream and like not the With meltdown that happened. Yeah. Three seconds after is a reason. Why, do you feel pressure to just post that? Um, you know, yes and no. I don't, I don't feel a lot of pressure when it comes to Instagram. I feel like it's actually really important as a mother to put the ugly moments out there. Um, mm -hmm. But I also feel like it's really important to. But it's a fun outlet for you. Yeah. You like, so at the end have, of the day. It's important to, to my, who I am as a person, right? If I was going to have like my own brand, right? I'm fun. I'm mm -hmm. up. I'm ha like. It's not that I don't like cry and get sad about shit, but like I'm just a really positive person. You like and, to share it. And their little, their sad moments, right? Their angry moments, their whiny moments, they don't really get me down. Like mm -hmm. we move on from it. I'm, I, maybe I compartmentalize too much, right. but when I look back at my feed, I don't want to be reminded of the breakdown that they had because they couldn't play with their slime in my new car. And also, A, you don't want to see that. And B, I, 
and maybe I'm going to get called out for this. I think people share sometimes they share that shit for engagement. They want it. They want to yeah. tell the dirty, bad story yeah. because they know the post. Yeah. They're slaves to the algorithm and the likes, right? Yeah. Or maybe it was just something, but like, and I don't know. For me, if somebody's posting a crying kid on Instagram, I'm just scrolling past it, dude. Right. I got my own I mean, fucking look, crying a, kids. I don't need to see yours. It's an app. Yeah. Put, put on it what makes you happy, what makes you tick. Yeah. For me, it's different because it is. And what part makes of my me life, happy is to whiten business. my teeth. I mean, and you slim are my jawline. preaching to the <laughs> choir. But I mean, not like this is not a pub. This is not an ad for Crest. I mean, uh, oh my God, I just said Crest. I mean, Colgate. This is not an ad for Colgate, but hello, my whitening stuff. I don't even need to whiten my teeth on, on no. Facetune anymore. I said to you the other day, we were at Starbucks. I'm like, I don't understand how you drink so much coffee and your teeth are literally clear. Optic white honey. Henny. Optic white. Okay, wait. So we're getting near to the end of our time and I'm asking this of all my guests and I want to ask you. Okay. Um, you work in this crazy world of media, sales, entertainment, yep. travel all over the world with clients. Yep. Three things you wish you had known before you got into the world that you're in right now um, for your job. Three things you wish you knew. Okay. Um. I'm not big on like the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you know? It could like, be personal. I, it could be, it doesn't yeah. have to be about your job. It could be about how you prepared yourself for your job, whatever it may be. Three things. Yeah. Okay. So I would say the first thing that I wish I knew was that, um, breastfeeding is hard and don't stress yourself out over it. I was once on the 405 <laughs> pumping hands-free in my car. This is after I had my baby and I went back to work my first one. And I was pumping hands-free on a conference call, driving to a meeting. And I was so fucking stressed out. And I just, it's like, don't, don't do anything that you think is because you're supposed to be doing it. If it's like making your life harder, like you need to Take a step back and don't yep. make your life harder on yourself just for the purpose of saying like, well, I'm doing this. To fall don't. into that bucket. Yes. Don't. Um, so yeah, I guess, you know, pumping is hard really kind of comes back to like, don't put more on your plate. Just more is not more. And which is hard for me to say, cause I'm a very more is more person, mm -hmm. but more is not always more. Always more. Um, so that'd be the first thing. Uh, the second thing is and I actually learned this very, very early on, but I think it's so, 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 so important. Be nice. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. I'm so happy that like being nice and being positive is like cool right now. We just Because like 15 years ago, it wasn't. And I just feel like, like the fact that I can like, you always yell at me like, how many exclamation points are you going to put in your email? That's my brand. Like I want people to feel encouraged and I, it, I don't need to look better than anybody else. Well, look at like, we both know Lindsay, Lindsay Lane. Yeah. She's a friend of our, you know her from growing up. Yeah. Lindsay, I don't know if you listen to this podcast. Maybe you do. Um, I know her from a different world in New York. She's a nice woman. She's so nice. And she, her brand is nice. So a lot of people, and she doesn't just do it to be nice. I mean, I think being nice is a thing right now. And I'm glad that in your, you're in the corporate world. Yeah. And if that's something that's important there, that makes me happy. Be like, be nice. I, I figured that out very, very, very early on. There is space for everyone don't that is be, working Don't hard. be a bitch or an asshole for the sake of being that. You don't need to flex your muscles don't that way. Don't be a way. bitch or an asshole, period. But people do it in their job for the sake of flexing their their so-called muscle that they feel they need to. And that sometimes is a trickle-down effect. We call that the dick sling. It's a dick sling. Yeah. yeah that, they're just doing it on purpose, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, so be um, nice. Yeah, and then, and then the third thing that I would say is uh, even if you don't travel a lot for work, pick an airline and get their credit card Wait. and stick to it because there is nothing 
better than watching those points accumulate. And in your personal life, I know some people like like to go and get the discounts on like travel sites and whatever. For me, it's all about loyalty. This is not an ad for you Delta. Know we're both obsessed okay? with the Delta This team. is not an ad for Delta. But uh, I feel like there have been so many good things that have come into my life because of being loyal to Delta um, and and just the comforts of fly. I take a lot of long flights, right? A six-hour flight to New York is a shorty for me. Yeah, that's a baby. So I would just say like, whether it's an airline or a hotel or just like pick some kind of loyalty program. Like if you identify early on in work that there's going to be something that you're going to be doing frequently, yep. like pick the program and stick to it and then like ride or die. So for example, if like you're young and you're just going to school, maybe you're getting like your first, you know, bank account or credit card, like pick one establishment and then really try and stick a, and stick to it. Don't like hop around because those off. rewards pay off in the end. Well, hello. Right? When you're planning your trip to Tokyo. Oh, I hear a waking baby. This is perfect is that timing a child? because we are getting towards. No, I'm planning our, our trip to Tokyo. Yeah. We're tr we'll get ready for the content on that. kids. I mean, <laughs> our poor partners are going to hate us. Um, okay, guys, that brings us to the end of our episode. As always, I want to hear more from you. I want your questions. I want your comments. Remember, it's morningpeoplewithpreston at gmail.com. That's the email address to shoot me everything and anything you want me to talk about on the show. Mia, I love you. I love you. Thank you for coming on to this episode. Thanks for coming into my playroom to record it. Thanks for letting me stay at your house. Um, <laughs> Move in. Guys, until next time, but in the meantime, stay stylish.